Good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to another episode of The Voice of the Valley. I'm your host, Jeremy Pinch, and today we have a special guest with us who is calling over the phone from South Carolina. Uh, He is the founder and executive director of Frontline Missions. He is a Crossway author who has written two books, one called Dispatches from the Front, Stories of Gospel Advance in the World's Difficult Places, and A Company of Heroes, Portraits from the Gospel's Global Advance. He is also the executive producer of a 10-part documentary series called Dispatches from the Front. Uh, He has traveled for uh, over 90 countries, and he has seen the message of the gospel spreading like fire around the world. Uh, It is such an honor to be speaking with you. Tim Kazee, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Jeremy. It's, It's good to join your broadcast. Tim, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by asking you to um, take a couple minutes and describe how how Frontline Missions got started um, and what what the organization organization is is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Frontline Missions uh, we began uh, almost 30 years ago when the Berlin Wall came down. Our initial part of the world we're focused on was the former Iron Curtain countries and. Um, God continued to open the, the, the borders of opportunity uh, more and more, and um, beginning in the late 90s and early 2000s, we um, started work in sending team members to China and other parts of Asia and the Middle East. And so uh, our work is, is in what we call restricted access countries, or maybe just more generically to say, as you mentioned in that book titled the world's difficult places and Mm. that is our that is our commitment uh is to take the gospel to those places where people live their entire lives and never meet a christian or there is no church there is no bible uh available and we want to let them know about the work of jesus on the cross and uh the the powerful gospel and um, and so uh, our focus is like we, we pursue our mission of, of advancing the gospel in the world's difficult places by telling the big story of the gospel. And a lot of ways we pursue that with um, with sharing with the church about the global church and growing our vision for God and his gospel that crosses every kind of barrier. Uh, so we, mm. we we love to tell the story. That's why you know you mentioned the 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 ten part film series. Um, uh, it's just a way for us to share uh, what God is doing all over the world mm. to grow our vision of God and to grow our confidence in His gospel. Um, the second way we pursue our mission is by equipping uh, gospel risk takers. Um, when people hear about unreached people groups or gospel destitute parts of the world, sometimes there's a lot of enthusiasm to go to those places and serve, and that's great. We we love enthusiasm, but uh, enthusiasm needs to turn uh, into experience and mm-hmm. um, in mentoring and guidance and and a long term commitment to living among uh, living in community with people in order to share the gospel with them. So we have an internship program called frontline experience as a way to equip uh, men and women for this kind of work, working in restricted settings. 
And then thirdly, we, we're sending uh, long-term workers um, to these gospel destitute parts of the world. So telling the big story, equipping gospel risk takers and, and sending people to live in community hmm. in those uh, areas of the world. Hmm. Yeah, so in, in your storytelling, as, as already mentioned, you have, you have two books, uh, Dispatches from the Front, and a company of heroes, which Sun Valley, we have those copies of his books on our bookshelf. And I'd highly recommend picking up a copy of each uh, and reading through it. But in your style of, of writing, you, you write in such a way that it's like a war correspondent. And you're giving the readers a glimpse of uh, the spiritual warfare that's that's taking place around the world. Uh, would you be willing to, if you can, for uh, a minute or two, be willing to share a particular story that you've experienced in your travels? Um, as you said, you've you've entered some countries that are hostile, uh, that are closed off to the gospel. Is there is there one particular story that stands out among the rest that is just a, an encouragement to you? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, a long list of, of stories, uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it it is. It's been the privilege of a lifetime hmm. that uh, God would allow me to share his big story through all the stories of grace of his people and uh, as a way to magnify him. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, there's so many brothers and sisters. And and, and uh, that's why I, this A Company of Heroes was written recently. It was just there are more stories. And, and I'm continuing to write more stories because uh, God is at work all over the hmm. world. And um but to, to one particular encouraging story, I, uh, is when you, when you asked that, it just immediately came to mind uh, a, a man, a brother in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Gulzar. And uh, I, was, I was in Pakistan after a, a, a terrible attack on a Christian community mm-hmm. in which uh, in, this, in, this, in this city, uh, every church was burned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of the Christians' homes were um, were looted, and some were burned, and they were all ransacked, and the Christians had to flee from their homes. Uh, and it was a, a time of great fear, and I, I was there right after the attack. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember standing in the in the courtyard of this church that was completely gutted by fire, and. Um, one of the one of the church members was there, and he spoke um, he spoke in his broken English. Um, um, what he was what is it he, he was experiencing as he was looking at this, and he he began to quote um, the words of Jesus, who said, "Let not your hearts be troubled. Mm-hmm. You believe in God, believe also in me." And mm-hmm. and he went on to quote that entire passage of like. Uh, I've prepared a place for you. And then he went on to quote Jesus' words in Revelation where he mm-hmm. says, be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. And I was just so struck by the the power of Jesus' presence with his people mm-hmm. um, and how his promises are true. This is not just something written in a book 2,000 years ago, but he is alive and he is present with his people in the most terrifying of circumstances Hmm. um he is he is with them and so this brother being able just to draw deeply from the word uh in that time of terror and fear and oppression and 
and um, and vulnerability, Mm. like being, uh, as Jesus said in Matthew 10, lambs among wolves. And he was a little lamb, but he was he was looking and leaning on the Lamb of God in that hour. So that was a that was a precious, precious encouragement to me. Yeah, it, it seems like it with stories like that, that's not just something that you can conjure up. That's not just something that you can you can fake. There's oh, no. there's a deep root <laughs> in God's word. Um, yes. In those times. Yeah, thank you for sharing that story. That is that is a that is a beautiful picture right there. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And as you just mentioned, you've obviously experienced Christians who have gone through tremendous amounts of persecution uh, and you and you mentioned that several times in your book and I want to ask you uh, about this uh, first in the midst of, of persecution why why do you continue your work you see you see a lot of it you experience um, some of it and why continue your work in the midst of, of persecution well persecution is is simply a one of the marks of gospel mm. progress. Uh, it doesn't mean that the gospel is being thwarted, that, that Jesus is suddenly in retreat in his church building work, uh, not at all. Um, and it doesn't mean that Christians don't suffer um, and some are even lose their lives, um, but it, it does mean that the gospel is, is mm. progressing. It is advancing, it is at work. Um, and so uh, that's what we're all about is getting the message out. And sometimes in the midst of persecution uh, and the way people's faith is strengthened and their joy increases and their walk with Jesus is closer and their message is clear that um, it is a way that the gospel grows, the church grows, uh, the church grows even in those mm-hmm. those situations. I was just uh, uh, talking with a friend who is in China uh, and their church is undergoing intense persecution right now. But um, she just related to me how, how much their joy has grown in this past year. Um, and they are under a lot of pressure, but their joy has increased because Jesus is with them and helping them and giving them grace. And, and they're not pulling back. They're not in mm-hmm. retreat at all. They're continuing to, um, share good news on college campuses and in remote areas of their country, and uh, so, yeah, it's just it's just part of one of the one Chinese pastor friend of mine. He he told me once at, this was after he and his wife were arrested and their apartment raided by the police. Um, he just he told me he said, as as pastors we always expect to be arrested. This is just. This is just what is expected in mm. in what we do, and um, and so it's 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 foreign to us. But in much of the world, persecution is just it's the norm. It's it's common, and um, and we see in Acts eight after the violent persecution of that immediately followed the stoning of Stephen. That that was when the church just exploded in growth and outreach. Wherever the persecuted Christians went, they witnessed, and the churches the churches sprang up in their wake. So, why would you say it's important for a church like ours? We live in Central Washington. We're a rural uh, farming community. 
that really doesn't doesn't get out much beyond beyond our borders. Why do you think it's important for us to catch a glimpse of what's going on in the church around the world, especially in regards to persecution? Yeah, it's a it's a good and important question. When I when I talk about, for example, this Chinese pastor, or I refer to Gulzar uh, as a, a brother in Pakistan, I mean, this is not just uh, Christian jargon. Um, hmm. As Christians, our lives are forever bound up in Christ's life, and 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 therefore, our lives are bound up with all other believers as well. Um, this is the picture that we see in Revelation 5:9, and so as as a family member, if we have a family member who's suffering, then the the rest of that family suffers with them. And this is exactly what uh, the writer in Hebrews is saying in Hebrews 13:3, where um, it says, "Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body." Um, and so there's this there's this deep, practical, heartfelt connection that we have with uh, persecuted believers because um, it's like a hurting family member. So there there should be just in just in obedience to Hebrews thirteen three a, a response to persecution that we see in the world, but also just understanding. I think it helps us understand the cross better. Hmm. Um, it's it's very clear in First Peter. Um, that um, the the persecution that Christians experience is connected to the persecution that Christ experienced. And we look at Matthew 16, and Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's told his disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem. I must go. Uh, when I go there, I'm going to suffer, and I'm going to be killed, and I will rise again the third day. And then he says, if you're going to follow me, then you're going to take up your cross, too. I mean, there was a direct connection to cross-bearing as a disciple and the cross-bearing of our cross-bearer, Christ. So I, I think um, in all of this, we, we understand the cross better. We understand the fellowship of his sufferings better. And um, it also prepares us and deepens our um, our faith when in our own circumstances we may face intimidation or discrimination. I'm not comparing it to the things that I have seen in places like Pakistan or Afghanistan, but, but nonetheless, we, we have those things in our own culture that would as a Christian shut our voice down uh, mm. for speaking up for our savior and um, understanding what God's doing all over the world. I think it strengthens our, faith and courage, uh, in our walk with him. Well, our desire for Sun Valley Church is for our people to be gospel centered, to be grace driven and to be mission minded. And that's, that's our goal for our church. And from your experience, how should the gospel of grace, uh, transform the way we think about missions, uh, or to propel us to seek, um, the lost locally or even globally. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to um, not look at missions as some separate category for some special elite kind of force, uh, gospel force. Um, hmm. uh, 
but missions is it begins as the overflow of uh, of the grace of and, and the gratitude for the, the work of Christ. And so um, I, I really like to think of it this way, because missions is not about going somewhere so much as it is about following someone hmm. and that someone is Christ. And so many men and women that I that I know today who are serving Jesus in really hard and hostile places, they've told me that um, my going to fill in the blank country, um, this was just for me the next step in following Christ. I'm just following him and he's leading me to Afghanistan or China or North Africa or the Middle East. So, um, and I, I love that picture because when we follow him, it, it will, uh, for some, it will mean um, going to another culture into a gospel destitute, hard type of place um, because uh, he, he desires that his, his name and his glory be known in that place. Mm. But it also means in following him that, that some will, um, follow him in, in pursuing neighbors or uh, a hard place in their city um, uh, to to make his glory and name known. So it's all about following him and mm. um, and pursuing him um, in uh, because of his grace and in gratitude for uh, his his beautiful work of, of grace in our lives. Mm. Well, Tim, I want to say thank you so much uh, for taking the time out of your day to speak with us and, and blessing our congregation with your wisdom and insight into the world of missions and, and God's plan of redemption. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks very much. In Sun Valley, I would encourage you to pick up Tim's books on the bookshelf and read through them. Um, great encouragement. I've, I've read Dispatches from the Front. I need to read his next, his second book, but I, I read through Dispatches from the Front, and it was, it was an incredibly encouraging book for me. Uh, and if you're interested in his ministry that is happening with Frontline Missions, you can check out that ministry at frontlinemissions.info. Um, and if you'd like to keep up with Tim's work around the world in Frontline's Missions International, you can also follow his blog at timkazee.com. Uh, and he also wrote an article for Crossway about persecution. We, we talked about it a little bit in this podcast. And so if you're interested in, in more about persecution and how we should view it and know about it, um, go to crossway.org and type in 10 things you should know about persecution by Tim Kazee. And finally, if you're more interested in his uh, in his video series, Dispatches from the Front, you can find that at dispatchesfromthefront.org. We hope that this interview has been encouraging. Uh, it's been challenging and hopefully convicting for you as, as our church. We pray that God blesses you as you go about your day seeking to make Christ known uh, to friends and family and co-workers. Church, we love you. We look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a great day.